0: hello and welcome to pint glass gaming as always i am gary this should have been out earlier and we are having deja vu
1: (laughs) isn't that something i'm daniel and uh joining us today is my good
2: friend jason jason say hello hello i'm jason i i talk about stuff and i'm here to talk about stuff so
1: this is a good combination
0: exactly we get stuff done until I delete the files. Uh, well, te- I guess technically your hard drive deleted your files. But I was very irresponsible, and it led to the destruction of the first take of our episode on Goldeneye.
1: Let that be a lesson to everyone out there. Make backups.
0: You never know. Make you backups. never know. And don't rely on generic Chinese-made merchandise.
1: Oh well, I could have told you
0: that. Don't you judge me. Hey, remember,
1: um, remember uh, Jason when we uh, did a little ship post searching on Alibaba and found that what like two tons of rabbit meat or something?
0: The- yeah, when I opened up the hard drive, that's what was in it. <laughs> Nothing but rabbit meat.
2: Yeah, you can, uh, you can, you can buy all the rabbit meat you could ever want off of Alibaba if you can somehow get it through customs. We need a
0: rabbit meat mule that will fill. A condom with rabbit meat and sneak it across the border.
2: You know, considering we live in North America, we just go shoot a rabbit. I mean...
0: That's
2: true. Fair enough. We gotta start thinking outside the box. <laughs> it's not like they're, you know, endangered, so we just, just shoot them, you know. It's, hey, if you want deer meat, man, let me tell you something. I, I can find them for you.
1: Well, Jason can find almost anything, so that's not really a surprise.
2: So what
0: have you boys been playing since our last episode?
1: Oh well, the uh the newest raid for Destiny 2 came out, so of course I had to I literally took off that Friday when it dropped so I could run it with my uh w- w- with my friend group and put in perspective the last raid about six thousand teams completed it in the f- in, in the first twenty-four hours. This time it was more like twenty thousand. This raid was a little Amazing. easier than others. Especially since for the first 24 hours, they put up uh, something called contest mode where everyone, everyone is level capped for the raid. So when you get into it for that first day, you are literally 20 levels under everything in that raid. And it's to facilitate the world's first race because every time a new raid drops in Destiny, there's a race to see what team can finish it first. And if you do, you get literal fucking title belts.
0: You need that belt. I want you to get that belt.
1: I good freaking luck. It took my it took my group ten hours to complete it on day one. The team that the team that got the world's first, two and a half hours. Jeez. I'm I, I'm good at first person shooters. I'm pretty good at them. I am not at that level. I'm not at the level of the streamers and speedrunners and other nutcases that basically do this for a living on Twitch.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm not at that level. What about you, Jason? What you've been playing?
2: Um, oddly enough, I have been uh I've been building an RPG engine in a Pygame for Python, and so I've been going back to a bunch of different uh, old school RPGs that I that I used to enjoy back in the day, and just sort of writing down you know my likes and dislikes about them. The um, latest one I've been doing is a uh, Morrowind, and uh, just sort of going through, just writing down my notes on you know what I like, what I'm enjoying, what I'm not enjoying, and that sort of thing. Next one I'm going to tackle, I think, is going to be either a Final Fantasy game or an MMO. I'm not entirely sure yet, because if it's going to be an MMO, it's going to be on a not-official server, because I'm not going to pay money just to write notes down about what I didn't like. Like, oh, I don't like paying money for this, you know. So that's what I've been up to.
1: Uh, good old Morrowind. That, that's a classic right there.
2: That's going to have to be an episode. I love Morrowind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will go into detail about the things I love about Morrowind and the things... I'll just say, uh, sneak not working. Bunch of shit.
2: What do you mean, sneak not working? What do you mean?
0: There are, you basically can't successfully pickpocket people. There's something with the mechanics that screw it all up. When, like, I try to do a pure thief build, it does not work.
2: Yeah, because you don't, your sneak skill isn't high enough.
0: No, I'm telling you. I'll send you some articles. Okay. Uh, double check
2: i mean either that either that or you really need to you need to hone in on your uh, your safe scumming ability too cause,
0: and know. well i also play the xbox version
2: <sighs> yeah
1: if you remember gary's one of those guys that almost makes it a point to play games on consoles over PC or Steam Deck. That is true. That is. True. He's one of those gremlins that will literally plug in a controller to play
0: FPS games on PC. I am a gremlin. I have a man cave. I turn off the lights. I eat fish raw.
2: I, mean, I eat sushi too, so <laughs>
1: there you go. So you're the one that you're the one that ate all the koi in my uh, my parents' koi pond.
0: Delicious. Unbelievable. And Since we last spoke, I have played through Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which I think have been maligned unfairly and are quite fun. I beat Lost Judgment, Sonic Frontiers, and Fire Emblem Engage. I have a goal of beating 20 games this year, and I'm already done with seven. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say Fire Emblem Engage? Engage. Not like the shitty cell phone.
1: Oh, oh game. okay. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. It's like, you, did, you didn't buy an Engage,
2: did you? If it came with a Fire Emblem game, um, yeah, I'd I'd probably buy an engage just to have that unique oddity in my possession.
1: Yeah, you know that's true. That's true.
2: Yeah, the main character is Jean Luc Picard. Engage. <laughs> that was dorky. Yeah. Oh, another I'm game, there, man.
1: Another game that I really, really enjoyed because this is also in my utter wheelhouse between FPS games and platformers. Guacamelee: The Super Turbo Championship Edition. Oh man! If you want, if you want a an almost perfectly done Metroidvania, the, this one is it. Like it wasn't that long. I, I beat it and like almost hundred percented it in ten hours. But the, but the core of it, like it, there was no downtime, no filler or anything. It was just straight quality through and through. Because I could play a Metroidvania as a professional wrestler, and instead of whips and swords and all that stuff, I could literally punch leg drop and suplex things say like, oh how'd you kill that boss with a german lol <laughs>
0: well oh no <laughs> <laughs> how's the pacing on that because i know you were telling me i have to play hollow knight and i gave it a try and i thought it was really slow to tell you the truth Guacamele is definitely
1: faster like it took it definitely took me probably at least at least double the time for hollow knight as it was for Guacamelee. Guacamelee is a lot more colorful, a lot less in terms of backtracking. I'd say like there is backtracking, but it's not as not as gratuitous. It's a bit. If I had to describe it, it would probably be a little. I would say breezier, yeah, breezier than something like Hollow Knight. It flows better, I think. And I still love Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight's great. The atmosphere is great. I think the platforming, combat are really well done. But it's also. I think it takes a lot more a lot more influence from uh, from Dark Souls as well as opposed to Melee, which really feels more like a straight up classic metroidvania C- kind of writ small you know there's no ma- like there's a- just a few upgrades no massive upgrades like no crazy weapons to go from you gain your powers as you go you gain a new one like every half hour or hour to be honest so that that progresses things fairly quickly uh, everything is a lot more intuitive I think, there's a lot less in terms of figuring things out for yourself. So if you want something a little more quicker, more colorful, and pretty funny, I would go with Guacamelee.
2: Guacamelee is an awesome game. You know what else is an awesome game, Dan? What? It's a game called Vampire Survivors. They recently have a DLC come out for it, and I have been absolutely hooked on it. This is like a... I don't even know how to describe it. I—it's I, It's an auto-attacker run around it, killing infinite swarms of enemies, and you level up, and it's really, really, really addictive. It's a it's very heavily uh, the characters are very heavily based on um, based on the Castlevania franchise. so everything will seem extremely, extremely familiar. but it's a it's a fantastic game. I absolutely love it. and I'm really surprised it was like eight bucks and there's a DLC for it now and all this other nonsense. And I haven't even beaten like the main game. it's it, it, it's it's really at a it's, it's really addictive. <laughs> it's stupid addictive. Oh
1: yeah, I, re- I remember that 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 blowing up for a few weeks there yeah what would you compare it to in terms of gameplay
2: yeah i I would say it's like a cross between i you know what i've played a game like it before um but i can't i would say it's like it's a cross between cross between like a binding of isaac and a and a smash tv kind of kind of game, and I've I've played a game like this before, and I it's it it's like on the tip of my tongue, but I can't really remember it right now. Uh, but it's a it, it's a it's a fun game. It's it's very much a um it's very much a numbers grinder type of game where you you're trying to just I mean at the end of the day, all you're trying to do in these games is is level up. So it's it's all about getting the XP and the gold and, and that stuff. I, this game doesn't have XP; it's all about the gold you spend. But um yeah, it's it, it's a fantastically fun game. It's and it's all about it's basically a giant skinner box where you get rewarded for getting more gold and you spend the gold to get unlocks like new maps, new weapons, new stuff. And then there's like this semi crafting system almost where where you have different sub weapons you can get during the game and then if you get two of the right kind, they merge into a a, a more powerful sub weapon or in and then in, in some cases like if you get three of the right kind, it merges into like a super weapon and then there are like really hard super weapons to get where they they're just absolutely ridiculous and all the maps have different time limits and a whole bunch of like little stuff going on but it's it's a really addictive game i i definitely definitely recommend it uh 100%. i also recommend checking out my game when it releases sometime eventually.
1: <laughs> is that a title for it yet?
2: Uh the working title is Ultimate Delusion. Ultimate
1: um, Delusion. Oh, i yeah, like
2: that. Yeah, uh completely went to thesaurus.com, looked for synonyms for final fantasy and picked this. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, antonyms for Final Fantasy. I'm sorry.
0: So Daniel, um, you had just brought up Dark Souls. My plan for the future. I'm tired of being shitty at those games, and I am going to pick a Dark Souls game, one, two, or three. I haven't made up my mind yet. And I'm going to beat it. And I'm not playing anything else until I beat one of those goddamn games. I always mm. get halfway and get distracted. So my plan and I'll update everyone as we make our podcasts. I'm going to play through, I'm going to keep a death count, and I'm going to keep everyone posted on how long it actually takes me to get through one of the Dark Souls games.
1: Which one, though? Uh, First of all, I would not do Dark Souls 2. That is definitely the weakest of those three.
0: I'm probably just going to go with the remaster, to tell you the truth. I'll just start that over. The original remaster? Yeah.
1: I would say that's probably a good idea to start from. That, I think, is still the best example especially if you're new to it to get used to what a souls like really is cuz it has it has just enough of everything that makes dark souls dark souls the difficulty you know the, the level advancement that little bit of jank in the game that lets you you know that sometimes makes you feel feel like you're being screwed over but also lets you sometimes cheese things al- al- almost hilariously yeah, that would be my that would be my recommendation. If you're going to grab one and just gut through it to the dereliction of any other game, I would say Dark Souls 1 the remaster is probably the best place to start.
0: So in terms of news, anyone have anything they want to share? I'd like to say that since last we spoke, the Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden ports have hit basically every modern console in existence. And if you haven't bought a copy of one of those games, what the fuck are you waiting for? Get on it. So it's Persona
1: Three Portable. So it's not like it's not like a remake, just a just just the port. Correct. Hmm. Now you've mentioned before that Persona Three is probably is your favorite in terms of story. Yes, I would say so. But you've also mentioned that, especially to someone like me who does not really like JRPGs, Persona 3 might turn me off.
0: Persona 3, and, it's, and there's rumors that they're remaking it from the ground up, making it more like what a modern Persona game is, but Persona 3 is a early 2000s, late 90s JRPG. It's hard, it's punishing, it's long, it's grindy, but I love it. These are things that turn most people off, but when I hear it, I'm like, hey. I'm in.
1: Yeah, and uh wasn't there something about you literally not being able to control your party members?
0: Uh in pers- in this version Persona 3 Portable you can, but the console version uh Persona 3 and Persona 3 FES, yeah, no, they're uh you can make suggestions to them, but they will disappoint you. <laughs> yeah, so the last boss of Persona 3 when I played through it took me Almost two hours. Oh, 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 dear God. The music was great, though. OK, yeah, but <laughs> oh, boy. So that'll be for another day. I'm probably going to try and con Daniel into that somewhere down the line. I but mean,
1: it, it, it is only $16 on Steam, so. It'll
0: come down even further.
1: Yeah, watch. May- maybe. Well, we'll I'll, I'll think about it. Like, Persona 4 Golden definitely surprised me uh persona 5 royal was more you know was even more and i had higher expectations for that one and i think it surpassed those so Uh,
0: maybe i'll give it a try maybe but i I think i might need a little more convincing someone that i had met recently said that he oh you like persona he called it weebo bullshit i was gonna fight him (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: oh dear i'm like yeah that's uh that is not the thing to say to someone like gary no what does he know
0: go play your fucking nba 2k oh oh god he's one of those people oh yeah big time
1: uh i i don't get it there's literally a not insignificant subset of people who will literally just buy the newest console just to play
0: one of those sports games whether it's madden or and then the try and sell old ones back and get mad when they get three dollars.
1: Oh god. It's, I don't get it. I do not understand that. You, you, people want to bitch about oh oh fake gamer girls just cosplaying to you know so they can look sexy and it's like no 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 no. They're not the problem. I'm fine with that. Whatever. My problem is these weirdos who will literally just play these fucking subpar sports games. That EA is just shoveling
0: out at this point. And and that's all they play. But if that describes you, please don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you. Also, fuck you. (laughs) So on that note, this episode's game, because I really don't think we can call it a game of the week at this point, is GoldenEye 007 for the Nintendo 64. Daniel, do you want to break down some of the game overview? Game Overview and Facts
1: GoldenEye 007 uh, started development in 1995 from a team that really didn't have any experience in uh, first-person shooters. They originally wanted to do a side-scroller for the Super Nintendo, but as development went on, they decided to pivot inspired by games like Doom. So they pivoted to a 3D shooter for the N64 as that was the one that would give them what they wanted to do with it. And it really came out of nowhere. It came out with barely any hype. Um, Nintendo actually needed some convincing you know, to really put their, uh, put their brand behind this. Uh, what actually I think sold it was the, uh, was the multiplayer aspect of the game. But when it dropped, it exploded. It was one of the, one of the best reviewed games of the year. You know, sold millions of copies. It is, I think, uh, one of the at least in the top five of the best-selling N sixty four games. And if you think N sixty four, I think nine times out of ten people will think GoldenEye. It won awards. It 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 set set standards and precedents for console shooters for years, at absolute least until Halo came out. To call this to call this an icon of a game is almost understating it.
0: This is a pillar this is a this is an historic moment in time for gaming whenever we talk about GoldenEye, and believe it or not it comes up quite often when daniel and i are talking about our gaming history uh, fuck you daniel <laughs> I, I knew that was coming uh so daniel yeah. was criminally good at this game and how many hours must you have logged i don't know Uh, hundreds
1: had to be hundreds probably this game is probably number two in terms of my first person shooter play time Uh, or possibly number three at this point just below destiny 2 and team fortress 2 at this point but yeah
0: i am uh, surprised your n64 did not burst into flames
1: (laughs) yeah uh, yeah i'm surprised i didn't burst into flames either i don't know how i'm alive with how much of this game i played and uh, in terms of the multiplayer, yeah, I may have been a bit of a menace. But I will, inc- I will, in absolute confidence, for any of you wondering out there, I never played as Oddjob. Never. I always chose Trevelyan. All the time. Uh, that is, Let's well, not
0: is, be judgmental of the poor souls who were forced to play as Oddjob, because if they took more than four steps, you slaughtered them. Yeah, yeah, you you chose our job and you still lost, <laughs> and terribly at that. Look, I'm sorry. We we played hundreds of hours. Like even I was a good sport about it. No one can say I wasn't. I played. I was terrible, but I still have really fond memories of this game. When it when it really boils down to it, one hit kills slaps only is a ball.
1: Oh, that was, and I think that was one of at least one of the one of the modes in which you had much more of a chance i think i think you actually did really well in that in that mode if i recall much to my chagrin at the time it
0: wasn't a skill issue at that point
1: (laughs) yeah it was more of a uh you know i think that i think that employed more of your tactics because uh you know you're not afraid to fight dirty never have never and i think that i think that signifies one of the reasons well actually probably the reason this game exploded like it did because of the multiplayer. Like, yeah, the single player campaign, yeah, at the time it was great, but the multiplayer was what really, really buoyed this
0: game and gave it the staying power that it had. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the gameplay. Jason, what memories do you have of GoldenEye 007?
2: I have memories of introducing my friends to the concept of strafe firing, because at the time I was heavily, heavily, heavily into PC gaming. Uh, I still am to this day, but uh, at the time I was heavily into games like Quake and, and Star Siege Tribes, and I was uh, busy introducing them to the concept of strafe firing, and they uh, because of the controls of the N64, to, to strafe fire, you have to use those wonky C buttons. Um, it was kind of difficult, but at the same time, they uh, I think they really, um, what's the word, appreciated how I manhandled them? I'll, I'll say that, I'll say appreciated how I manhandled them, because... You know, in 1996, your friends don't really quite understand why strafing is so much so much better than just walking forward and turning around.
1: But perhaps developed a healthy fear for you. <laughs> that might be a little more accurate.
2: Sure. Yeah. Let's go with healthy fear. I I appreciate the I appreciate the 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 polite description.
0: <laughs> healthy fear. If I saw 006 coming down the hall, because I knew that was Daniel, I left. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> there, was, there was nowhere to go. Like, I would have been found out eventually. So let's talk briefly about the storyline.
1: Storyline.
0: I'm not going to be much help because I've never seen this film. No, really? You've never seen Goldeneye? No. Wow.
1: That's yeah, a bre- I know all the
0: memes. Like, I know Boris when he gets frozen.
1: Uh, okay. So just to go over the movie quickly... It was the very first outing for Pierce Brosnan as James Bond, and it started with uh, with a mission gone wrong in the Soviet Union, where his uh, his operating partner at the time, uh, Alec Trevelyan, 006, was supposedly killed. Except he secretly came back as the criminal mastermind known as Janus. It is revealed that before before we were introduced to him, his parents his parents were defectors from the Soviet Union who were shipped back in a moment of betrayal by the British government, where they were summarily executed by Joseph's worst world leader ever, Stalin. And as revenge, he bided his time, got into MI6, and orchestrated a plan, eventually, to steal a Soviet, now Russian, weapon, the GoldenEye satellite, which could fire a massive EMP above a city and basically destroy its electronical infrastructure. He planned to use this as part of massive bank heists, okay, get revenge on them by becoming rich, but okay, and the whole uh, the whole movie is him chasing down Trevelyan and his lackeys through the uh, you know th- w- 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 there's a tank scene through uh, through the streets of Moscow, which is probably pretty iconic at this point, uh, leading to leading to the jungles of Central America, where Bond heroically thwarts Trevelyan's attempts to fire the stolen GoldenEye satellite and once again save the day and eventually get the girl
0: of Natalia. There you have it. Let's talk a little bit about the gameplay. Gameplay. A few things about the gameplay. It's a typical console first-person shooter, and it has many of the hallmark problems of a console first-person shooter, like controls, especially in the days before two joysticks were commonplace.
1: Yeah, as Jason, as Jason touched upon the, um, if you wanted to sidestep or strafe in the game, you
0: couldn't use a joystick. You had the C buttons. Aiming for the expert gamers seemed impossible to me. I had to use auto aim to hit anything. Really, Daniel was pretty proficient using the shoulder R button to aim. To this day, I can't figure that out. It seems like the N64 joystick is way too sensitive. Kind of unintuitive, but we didn't know any better. It was the best we had at the time. In terms of difficulty, it's really easy to forget that this was 1997 that this game was released. Because in terms of artificial intelligence, I remember the first time I played the story mode and people were like diving out of the way of my shots and I went, Whoa, they move it wasn't terrible
1: um it probably wasn't as it probably wasn't as good as things like quake uh, as you can attest to jason but uh not
2: even remotely close to as good as as quake or or even uh or even doom to be honest with you it, it honestly playing goldeneye felt like you were playing a slightly upgraded version of doom just because of the of the technological limitations of the n64. there were it was just wasn't it wasn't quite wasn't quite as fluid wasn't quite as smooth and not nearly as not nearly as sexy as as using the keyboard and mouse to to aim a spin fuser and take someone down mid-flight so
1: <laughs> yeah but I think for what is ostensibly I think the very first uh the very first first person shooter specifically made for a console I think they did the best you know the the best that rareware could do with what they had
2: oh yeah given given the ta- given the resources they had given the talent they had on staff given the fact that they were creating essentially a genre for a console they did i think they did a, a fantastic job the the game you know lives on in in history because it is it is remembered as as that good of a game for the N64 and and deservedly so there were many many hours played between friends <laughs> partying late night uh having a sleepover or a pizza party uh, playing uh, GoldenEye and you know mario kart things like that so well earned and and not to not to trash the game uh, not to trash the the company or anything like that i just think that compared to its um its contemporaries in the pc world you know it it, it certainly struggles yeah
1: but once again consoles at the time well, and these days, too, didn't have the benefit of mouse and keyboard.
2: Do not underestimate the power of the mouse and keyboard.
1: <laughs> Damn right. Ain't
0: I mean, that right, Gary? Yeah,
2: I'm an invalid. Like
0: we, we said this in the Half-Life episode. WASD and me don't get along very well. I try real hard. It just doesn't work. Go- going back to the, yeah, to the story or the, uh, the single-player campaign. Enemies constantly respawn. As a modern gamer, I think that I've gotten it into my head. It's like, ah, oh, well, I'll just clear this out, and then I'll be okay. So I'll set off an alarm. Like, as long as I kill everyone, it'll be okay. No, absolutely not. Because an hour and a half later, I'm still shooting at things. I mean, it was the Soviet Union. They had the manpower to for it, so. <laughs> so they'll just keep on spawning. And so uh, you probably should use a little bit of stealth. That silenced pistol that you get in the beginning is your friend. Weapons are based on real firearms, but they have their names altered. Though I think most people who remember this game fondly think that the uh the KF7 Soviet is a real firearm.
1: Oh, you have no idea. God back in and I'm gonna date myself on fucking uh, fanfiction.net. Like for some reason I had a phase where I just read a bunch of fanfictions of you know stuff I was into at the time and anytime. There was a gun involved in one of those fan-made stories. It's like he pulled out his PP7. I'm like, no, it's a Walther PPK, you dingus. It's not a KF7 Soviet. It's an AK-47. Oh, it's,
0: not a, it's not a DMZ. It's an Uzi. Could you imagine being a game designer and affecting the cultural zeitgeist in that manner? They, they didn't think that was going to happen. Unintended side effects of yeah. great games. Hilarious nonetheless. Before every mission, you get a dossier that explains to you what your objectives are. Which is funny that you get this whole file about your objectives, and I felt half the time I still didn't know what the hell I was doing. Lots of trial and error. Sometimes I ended up in harder difficulties. You need to do more stuff. So at lower difficulties, which trust me, I'm playing those, you don't have to go through whole areas of the level. And somehow I would always find myself in an area that I didn't need to be in.
1: Yeah, the game was actually, each level was split into three difficulties. Agent, uh, secret agent, and double O agent. And each one not only buffed the uh, health and damage of the enemies in that level, but also added a bunch of extra objectives. Like take, say, the very first level, the dam. Agent mode, all you had to do was bungee jump off the top of the dam to get into the facility. Play the dam level. Yeah. <laughs> on on uh, secret agent, double O agent, you had to install a, a spy bug on things, deactivate alarms, find some, some, find some other data key somewhere. I can't quite remember. And then, only then, are you allowed to bungee jump
0: off the dam. If you do it prematurely, your dossier at the end will say, ha, you failed. There was one mission where you had to meet a particular scientist, but he doesn't look really that much different from all the others. So I'm walking up to anyone in a white coat going, are you my friend?
1: Oh, yeah. And they take a look at your gun and immediately like throw their hands up and then just start mm-hmm. running. I think so. I think one of them might actually turn on an alarm at some
0: point if you're not quick enough. Oh, I would have shot, shot them dead. Lucky <laughs> they didn't come across that one. There are no health power ups, no chicken pot pies, no first aid kits, just some body armor that offers limited protection. So if you screw up early, you have pretty much ruined your run through the level.
1: Yeah, and body armor was kind of scarce. So you're only going to afford yourself a few more hits with that. That was one thing to keep in mind during that game.
0: This was, this was way before the era of regenerating health. Now, we just spoke about if you screw up during your run, the consequences of that. But if you did particularly well, you could unlock certain cheats and game modes. My favorite of which was big head mode.
1: Ah, uh, DK mode. Where everyone had gigantic heads and gigantic arms, which was also funnily enough the easiest cheat to get. I should remember when I got a uh, when I got a game shark and decided to screw around with all of my games, like the weird stuff you could do with game shark. man, those are the days. just like getting the um you know putting the game shark attachment you know the cartridge onto the game shark cartridge and then putting that in and then being able to just mess with the game however you wanted. Literally, when it you know the N64 version of Game Shark came with a little card that said, "If you want to, if you want to use cheats, you'll have to earn your first one." And literally gave you a walkthrough of the runway level on Agent Mode, so you could unlock DK Mode and thus allow yourself to actually see the cheat menu in the game,
2: which I thought was hilarious. And a pretty good way to get people involved in in how uh, how the cheat system worked, but I will, I will forever smirk at the fun time I had that one sleepover we had where we played GoldenEye 64. And I knew, I knew two very interesting multiplayer cheats. The first one was the no radar cheat. And the other one was the invisible multiple multiplayer players cheat. So you had, when I was playing, you had no radar and everybody was invisible. I was kind of (laughs) mean for doing that, but at the same time, it was pretty hilarious um uh, when people would die randomly and be like hey what i don't see anyone how come i don't see anyone everything's broken no no everything's not broken i'm just a jerk
1: <laughs> man and you know until you had mentioned it recently i didn't even know that existed i i was i was the psycho that unlo- that did everything in that game 100% of it legitimately I was a guy that was able to do facility on double O agent in like what? Two and a half minutes. That, that was the part time to actually get the cheat for, uh, for that level. And I could watch it, man. I, I was, I was literally a speedrunner of the game at the time. These days, when I went back to play it, you know, for, for this review, I have completely lost it. Like I, I, I wouldn't, I don't think I'll ever be able to do that again with that game. Or if I did, I would need a ton of practice which actually led me to looking up some speedrun strats for this game because I was curious. And the things people do with this game are just just boggle my mind at this point.
2: The speedrun strats for this game are stare at the ground, strafe run until you beat the level.
1: Yeah, I, I found that funny because frame rates! This game was notorious for when there was a lot of action going on, the frame rate would chug. And I believe 30 FPS was the cap for this. But if there was a lot of action going on, it would go into the low tens in terms of frame rate, where you're almost thinking not frames per second, but seconds per frame. Uh, So to alleviate that and allow people to continue moving fast through the game, speedrunners will actually look down, which eliminated the amount of stuff on the screen at the time,
0: which allowed you to move fast again. I always thought it was just like Max Payne's bullet time. Blow it all down.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess
0: if you want to think it that way, sure. But uh, nope. Technical limitations. Now, in terms of standout levels, I found, that you know, the first level of GoldenEye is kind of unremarkable. But that's second level. That's second level something. It was that the facility, right? Yeah. So you start out in an air vent over the men's room, All right? You're going full on peeping Tom, I guess peeping James. Enemy soldiers are just in stalls staring at the wall. I thought this was odd when I was younger, but now after especially bad days at work, I kind of understand it. Well, don't forget this was the
1: Soviet Union at the time. You know that that facility was in, and one of the common jokes amongst the citizens there was, uh, "If they're going to continue to pretend to pay us, we're going to continue to pretend to work." I would not call that inaccurate.
0: They were doing slow breathing exercises
1: exactly <laughs> until James comes down and shoots the hat off that one guy. Which I always found funny, because the very first guy you, you spy on going through the vents, you can literally shoot him, and if you shoot his hat, it comes flying
0: off. And he doesn't freaking notice at all. Removable clothing items at this point in time in gaming. Crazy. Especially for us console peasants. Now try to shoot off his pants. But uh, yeah, the rest, of, the, re- the rest
1: of the levels do... Not closely, but cl- loosely follow the story of the movie itself with some embellishments. You know, some extra missions. You know, in in time jumps between uh, between Alec Trevelyan's supposed death and his reemergence as Janus. Uh, 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 some other stuff to you know just add to the experience. But uh, I think if I had to choose a standout level,
0: it would probably be the streets because you got to ride in a tank. Okay. Let's talk about that tank ride. That is the dumbest tank ride, both from the clips I've seen in the movie and in the video game. Why do you poke your head out of a tank to return fire at people? It makes no sense. Well, technically, if I recall in the movie, James Bond never
1: used any of the ordnance on the tank. because let's not forget he was riding through
0: the streets with a ton of civilians around. Well, just run your enemies over. you don't or don't shoot them. You're armored. Those are not going to penetrate your tank. You poking your head out just puts you in danger. Well, I wonder how well he could see, you
1: know, driving through the streets if he's in the tank itself, you know? How, how, how good was the visibility for tank drivers in those, in those Russian tanks at the time?
0: I wonder. No one rides convertible style on a tank. It was just Hollywood nonsense. Oh, well, okay then. But in the game, you got to fire that tank.
1: And that was so much fun. And not only, I think I distinctly remember if instead of shooting, you know, your tank, uh, your tank shots at the at the troops on the ground, if you just ran them over, you, I think you got I think you might have actually gotten like a custom death uh, death sound like, Aah! you know, as opposed to the you know, stock ones. I think there might have been a unique, you know, death sound for the ones that you just run over with the tank. It was either that or a crunching noise. I can't quite remember, but it was always entertaining for me when I was a kid.
0: We spoke briefly about the controls. Now, this game has been recently reported to the Xbox and Switch. So I think a lot of the gripes that we had were probably fixed. I can't
1: Uh, confirm. I can say I've tried the Switch version, and it is, warts and all, the same game. So no two
0: joysticks?
1: No, you do need to do some rejiggering of the setup to actually like get it to play well enough for those of us used to modern correct console controls. Well, if that you seems have kind of lazy. A yeah, well, what do you expect? You know, I, I I was I wasn't really expecting Nintendo to be uh to, to be very fastidious
0: in their port of this, unfortunately. Now, the one button like switching of weapons, I would constantly in the middle of a firefight scroll well past the weapon that i had wanted there seems to be like eight different melee options that are useless (laughs) in terms of the single player campaign that and you'd have to scroll through all of them hate that yeah (laughs) like i said it was the best that rare
1: and nintendo could do on consoles at the time but it has honestly been eclipsed control wise by basically every other fps You know,
0: starting with Halo, that really codified a lot more stuff about modern shooters. In terms of graphics, in 1997, this totally blew my mind. Oh my God, it's polygons.
1: Yeah. Oh my God, they're actual people. Oh my God, it's so real. They're faces. But, uh, you know, nowadays, it definitely shows its age. It is definitely not a timeless art
0: style, to say the least. The draw distance is pretty awful, and I, I think this has more fog than Silent Hill. Still great for 97, but blocky and a lot of pop-in. I think, well, it wasn't the worst on the N64,
1: though. The worst on the N64 in terms of shooters was definitely Turok T- 2. Yeah, Turok 2, Seeds of Evil. Or even the original Turok. Like,
2: Cerebral boar. I think it's a toss up between either Turok or Turok 2 as the worst in the N64 just because that that fog distance was literally right in your face. Yeah. You couldn't see a thing.
1: Yeah, you could only see enemies like once they were literally like five feet from you.
0: It was pretty bad. I liked Turok only when I cheated because the later weapons, the better weapons, they were just so goddamn fun. Oh, yeah,
1: especially Turok 2. Like you had the tech or, you know, tech or exploding arrows. You had that cerebral bore, which would literally fire homing drills that drilled in during brains and made them explode. You had those beam cannons. It's and you always had that one big fuck off, you know, BFG rip off. It was some sort of lan- or some sort of staff or Lance in the original Turok. But in Turok, two, it was a, I don't remember its name. But remember, you charged it up, and it started spinning, and made the controller vibrate until you let it go, and it just like obliterated everything. We didn't have any of those in GoldenEye. I mean, we had explosives, we had grenades, we had the remote mines, we had the timed mines, we had the proximity mines. So there was, there might have actually been even more strict variety in GoldenEye than in something like Turok. But the distinctions were kind of flat. Because aside from one or two exceptions, cough, clob, cough, most of the guns in GoldenEye basically felt the same.
0: I would agree. It's just uh, it was a measure of how much damage each one did. It just it graduated as you went.
1: And the the club or the um you know the facsimile of the scorpion machine pistol in the game was notorious because it was the one weapon that didn't feel good firing, didn't do a lot of damage, and even for the time had terrible range. Range was barely even a thing in Goldeneye. But you could tell it's like, wow, this doesn't fire very far at all. even to where like future games actually made it a meme. I think there was a game called Too Human. Like it was pretty bad for the 360. There was a, a similar weapon, similarly bad and literally called the Clob in dubious honor of the
0: Goldeneye weapon. I remember being really amazed that dots left bullet holes. Didn't really see that back then thought it was cool and then i would instead when we were playing multiplayer instead of like searching for the other players i'd try and write messages
1: yeah i I remember that too probably well one of the one of the original um progenitors of uh drawing dicks on walls using bullet holes
0: it was the only fun only victory i was gonna have playing that game in multiplayer which let's let's talk a little bit about the multiplayer some of our favorite game modes i loved dk mode because it made headshots ridiculously easy. And if you couple that with one hit kills slaps only, ooh, hilarity would ensue.
1: I I remember those days where we, where we, I think we both somehow like got the hang of strafing enough to where we literally just kept sidestepping each other, trying to, trying to get that drive by slap on each other. God, those were the
0: days, man. And so many times during the slaps only we'd, hit each other at the same time and get oh, the yeah. simultaneous death screen oh that was that was always hilarious i'm like
1: what
0: <laughs> double kill you know like now that i'm thinking about it obviously i came to the n64 party very very late in those generations life cycles but i was awful at almost every multiplayer mode on the n64 with the exception of wwf no mercy and probably F-Zero. I never won in Mario Kart, battle, or race.
1: To be fair, I never won in that either because my two brothers, my older brother and my younger brother, their skill in Mario Kart 64 eclipsed my GoldenEye skill. There, there, there would be nights where, the, where those two would spend hours on end, even to this day. like They, they would occasionally just go into the basement and play battle mode on, on, uh, on Mario Kart 64. I could never compete with that.
0: I don't understand. I am to this day awful at Mario Kart 64, but it is the only iteration of that game that I'm not good at. Why? I don't Uh,
1: understand. I don't know. Would you have any input on this, Jason?
2: The controls are god-awful. They are the worst controls in any of the Mario Kart series. Hands down, far and away. That's why you're so bad at it.
1: Oh, well, there you go. Definitive explanation.
2: It's
0: not my fault, see? (laughs) Ha-ha! Oh, yeah, you suck at it, too, by the way. Oh! And I, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> so, anyway, back to GoldenEye now that my pride has been put out. Multiplayer, we spent many hours. I never improved, but it was still always fun. Even, even getting slaughtered by Daniel day in and day out. We kept playing, and then I'd beat him at Mortal Kombat, so it was even.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> to, to, to be fair, to be fair you, were, you, you, you were one of the cheesiest motherfuckers in Mortal Kombat 3 and it always worked much to my infuriation. It's
0: only cheesy if you can't stop
1: it. <laughs> but yeah, there were actually two secret levels in Golden Eye. To get these to get the first secret level, you had to complete all the levels, all the all the regular levels on secret agent mode. And this level was based on Moonraker where you had to uh, stop the megalomaniacal Hugo Drex from launching his uh, his evil shuttle for some reason or another. And you got the laser gun in that, which was so much fun because not only was it a really good weapon, but it had infinite ammo. So you didn't have to worry about ammo for that. And then the temple level, you got, I think that's the name of it, if you completed all the levels on Double O Agent. And that's where you got the golden gun, which was also another funny uh multiplayer mode because there was the golden gun mode where aside from the other weapon pickups, there was one golden gun scattered throughout the entire level. And if you got that,
0: you could get one hit kills on everyone. I mean, now the golden gun had a single shot.
1: Yes, that is right.
0: Bad. And the golden PP7 was an, was another one.
1: Yes, but you can only get the golden PP7 through cheats. You, I don't think you could get that for multiplayer, but that was pretty fun going around with the golden PP7 in regular
0: levels and just one shotting everything like
1: boom, boom, bing, 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 one up. <laughs>
0: the fun part about someone in multiplayer getting the golden gun is everyone else acknowledging it. This is, this is couch co-op. This is why the four player screen is King in my opinion, because everyone's looking at what everyone else is doing. There's no secrets. There's no deception. It's like, Daniel's got the golden gun again. Yeah. Oh.
2: <laughs>
0: I mean, run, you, bitch.
1: there were, um, I know there were some friend groups that would literally like try to police, you know, screen sniping as they called it i think uh to where some people would literally put like cross sections of cardboard over you know you know lines of cardboard and force people to just look at that one corner of the screen did anything like that happen with you jason when you were playing
2: it's absolutely amazing that screen sniping was was a thing and then now here we are 30 something years later and it's now called instead of screen sniping stream sniping
1: oh yeah dude i watch um i watch a lot of uh i watch a lot of um the destiny 2 pvp streamers because there's you know end game pvp and that and the stream sniping and that is pretty rampant
2: it's real it's real and it's it's weird and i don't get it but what are you gonna do people
1: want to win man and, and if he can get that win against, you know, some, uh, you know, against some top tier streamer like iFrostbolt or whatever, then, oh, oh, more bragging rights. My e-dick is gigantic now.
2: Thank you, Vince McMahon.
0: Ah, you're fired. I was watching a stream. It was a replay of a stream on Fortnite where this dude in a banana suit just kept coming and killing this dude. No matter where he went, he tried to hide. He tried to, like, switch lobbies he tried to turn the game off come back and this dude in a banana suit would kill him and dance over him and i just i love that kind of griefing i
1: don't think i could ever look at a banana without getting ptsd if i was exposed to that hey banana
0: Banana. (laughs) we've reminisced we've talked gentlemen i think it's time for our final verdict
2: final Final verdict verdict. skunky or fresh I do have to say that, you know, despite the, the, the great memories I've had of, of playing this over at my friend's house and our sleepovers and um, the fantastic memories I even have of when we had an office at my, at my uh, current job and we would, uh, we would actually play this game in the break room or uh, on Beer Fridays with the, uh, with the crew. Despite all the, the pleasant memories I have, going back and playing this again is a dreadfully painful experience, a legitimately difficult to sit down and sit through the game experience. I don't think this game has held up very well over time. I it, it's it is a it is a classic. It is a it is a cornerstone of uh, of FPS console gaming. It's one of the it, it's one of the games that birthed uh, FPS console gaming. But in terms of holding up, in terms of of ever wanting to pick this up again and play it man i'm i'm gonna pass i i would rather spend my time setting up a star siege tribe server again than trying to play golden eye on the n64 it the graphics are extremely dated and as much as i and i do and when i say extremely dated i i, I do have to put a caveat there that i really enjoy the chunky polygon thick ch- textured face uh, f- uh face texture type stuff i i genuinely enjoy that i like it but in terms of holding up to a modern standard absolutely not not even it doesn't even come close i i can at least look back at like super mario brothers and go it's simplistic it's basic but the style works for the system it's sort of like a timeless type of you know art form for for the for the art in in Goldeneye 64 no it just it has not aged well in the slightest at all and the gameplay itself hasn't hasn't aged very well either. The shooting is extremely weird and loose to me, um, and I, that may just be because I'm a PC gamer. But it just it feels it feels wrong to me to to sit down and play it. The the graphics are again extremely dated, and the uh, and the actual game engine itself is is very hard to sit down and struggle through. I just I cannot I cannot say this has aged very well.
1: So in terms, of, in terms of the game still being fresh or having gone skunky, you I'm would
2: say it's skunky? Totally, 100% skunky. I, I, would, I would chuck this. This is, not, this is not something I would drink.
0: All right, Gary, what do you think? I'm going to have to go ahead and agree with Jason on this one. I have many fond memories of Daniel hunting me down like the most dangerous game, but the controls are just not there. I couldn't recommend someone to do this, and I think that most of the people that I speak to today about it are definitely looking at it through rose-colored glasses. It hasn't aged well. It's not one of the retro games I would ever recommend. Skunky.
1: <sighs> well, as much, as much as it does utterly and almost irreparably pain me to say it, I loved this game. This game was a massive chunk of my childhood. It almost was my child it was my childhood for several years. And I did the I, I did rejiggering of the controls. I tried the Xbox port. I did the switch port. And when I could when I could rejigger the controls to more closely resemble modern controls, I think I, I still think it was fun. Like that and with the Xbox port that I actually played on the emulator, I was able to maintain a consistent frame rate. So there, there were ways I could fix the things that were kind of wrong with it. And I had fun again. I did. But we're not talking about a game that is improved on and fixed by modern technology. We're talking about the straight up experience like we played it when we were kids. And in that respect, yeah, you're, you're right. It's skunk. Damn it! I don't want to say it. I believe in you. Skunk. Skunky. Skunky. It doesn't hold up. Oh, man. Oh, well, there you bad. have it,
0: folks. The verdict is in. Unanimous. Skunky. We want to thank you for tuning in and to remind you to also check us out on YouTube, Pine Glass Productions. Uh, I think it's time that we decide what our next game is going to be. No drumroll, because we picked it the last time we recorded this before I lost
2: the files. Back and up your hard talk- drives!
0: We're going to be talking about Super Mario Land for the Game Boy.
2: Hey! I absolutely love and adore that game,
0: and I cannot wait for that episode. Well, Jason, always welcome. Please give your two cents. Thank you for tuning in, guys, and have a great night. Later! Bye! <laughs>